Welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. In this episode, we'll focus on ISV growth strategies in a changing channel with two special RSP members who lead ISV software companies. Our first guest today is Ben Leviton, the co-founder and director of business development at Acadia Point of Sale based in Maine. Originally a browser-based point of sale system, Acadia is now an omnichannel solution specializing in high volume multi-location merchants in the restaurant and retail verticals. And Ben just exhibited at Retail Now in the first ever RSP niche and ISV Startup Alley. Hey, Ben, great to talk with you today. Great to be here, great to be here. And Ben, you and I both started our year at a trade chart, NRF, uh, an event that was sparsely attended because it was the middle of the Omicron. <laughs> uh, you and I got to hang out there for a little bit. So we, we've certainly had an interesting year and uh, we've seen our share of trade shows for sure. The sparsely attended and the busy ones like Retail Now. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great being at Retail Now. Um, it was actually our first. I mean, we've we've attended other trade shows in the past, and and it, and we were at the Star Booth over at the NRF actually. But this was our first uh, booth, so it was it was really a great um, a great experience, and um, it was really great to to be a part of the community and to to share our solutions with everyone. Beautiful. Well, thanks for doing that. And our second guest also exhibited at Retail Now, Jason Richelson, the co-founder and CEO of Bookkeep, an automation platform for accountants, bookkeepers, and business owners. Jason began his career as a PricewaterhouseCoopers systems analyst before launching several companies, including InternetCash.com, The Green Great Grocery, Simply Wine, and the one that I'm most familiar with, Shopkeep. Jason was one of the featured panelists for the ISV education track at Retail Now, discussing ISV opportunities and challenges in today's market. Jason, thanks so much for speaking mm -hmm. at the show, and thanks for talking with us today. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, great to be here. So I brought up earlier, you both attended Retail Now, and, and you both had booths there. For those who aren't familiar with Retail Now, you must be new to the podcast because we've been talking about it all year long. Retail Now is held July 24th through 26th in Orlando, attracted 1,500 solution providers, VARs, ISVs, vendors uh, to the Gaylord Palms there. And one of the big shifts that we saw was on the show floor shifting from a payments focus to a software focus. So this year, only 13% of the booths on the show floor were payments focused and over 40% of them were hmm. software developers. And Jason, I'm hoping you can take this question first. Can you share from your show experience through the perspective of an ISV, like how was the event for you being an ISV mm -hmm. at that event? And then talk about where you see the retail IT industry morphing, where software companies are really increasing their impact and prominence. So Jason first and then yeah. Ben. Yeah, it was it was it was a really great event for us because we work with a lot of the software providers who were there at RSPA. Um, you know, I started, you know, my career has been in point of sale for for the past 10, 12, 13 years. Um, and one of the things that, you know, we'll get into what Bookkeep does, but basically what Bookkeep does is help fix a problem with point of sale and e-commerce, which is proper accounting entries and, and making proper integrations to accounting platforms. It's always been a big pain point. So for us, it was really great to be there because we could talk to a lot of the software vendors that were there, um, as well as the payment providers, because it's the same uh, situation for them as well. So uh, it was, you know, it was it was a great show that it wasn't just payment providers. It was, you know, showing there's a lot more value there, I would say, than, than just the payment providers. 
Yeah, and you bring up something I've been calling cross-pollination, where you know, a lot of times you have a booth, and whoever shows up at your booth, that's who you can work with. But it seems like what you said, there were so many software developers there, they could all work with each other. So you needed to have one person mm -hmm. at the booth, and then one person going to the other booth to see about potential partnerships. Yeah. Is that something that sounds like you experienced that as well? It is. It's something that, that I generally do. And I, I think we're somewhat unique in that we can partner with most of the vendors that are on the floor for what we do because everyone needs an accounting integration. Uh, so so it, it was unique for us and it was, and it really was a great show for us because of that reason. Um, and uh, but yeah, it was it, it's definitely changing because I've been in the space for a long time uh, and, you know, payments are super important. But as as there's different ways to deliver payments through software, obviously with Square, you know, I was there as part of that with Shopkeep. Um, it it becomes, you know, the value really is becoming in is in the software, and uh, and and that's really where the RSPA, you know, where software integrated with payments is is super important. It's a super important event for that. Great, thank you for that, Ben. Can you talk about from your perspective being in Startup Alley, and then also just as a as a software developer uh, executive? attending the event. What was your take? What were some of your takeaways? Yeah. So um I I I agree um with with what um with what you're saying that the lines are definitely blurred these days between payments and software companies. You know, the the even the traditional uh payments companies are using software, you know, to differentiate their offerings, even when it with traditional payment terminals, you know, I mean we have uh, smart terminals and um you know there there's so much innovation that that's happening. Um, so, so yeah, being at Startup Alley um, was great. I actually was, uh, I got to speak to uh, the fellow who co-founded PC America, uh, which was kind of cool and speak to him and, um, you know, really interesting folks with different solutions out there, um, you know, and, and it, it's always interesting to, to understand the history of, of where things came from, but also see kind of where things are headed. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a great experience uh, just connecting with everyone and, and uh, and seeing all the great solutions out there. Yeah, well, you uh, the PC America executive that you reference is Rich Rotbard from Soup S O O P, where you can order uh, from a uh, restaurant just using uh, text messages uh, is what they do. So yeah, Rich has been uh, certainly active ever since he uh, he launched Soup. So all right, so folks might be saying, all right, let me understand what Bookkeep does. Let me understand what Acadia does because no ISV is the same, no two software companies are, are identical. So Jason, can you talk about, you touched on a little bit, the niche you focus on today, and can you also talk about, is was that the original outset of the business or mm -hmm. have you adapted it uh, ever since you since you launched the company? It, that, that, that's a good question. We actually, we did start as a bookkeeping firm where, and we still have a couple of bookkeeping customers um, and, at, my back, you know, I just like to automate. I don't think people should have to do data entry. And so I was looking to automate all the functions around bookkeeping. And it turns out that, you know, there's a lot of different tools that people can use for automating bookkeeping. It's still at least 50% data entry is what bookkeeping is, if not, you know, more. Um, and what I found, though, is the same problem that I had when I was at Shopkeep. Uh, what I've seen, it, which is just getting proper accounting information out of your point of sale or e-commerce system into a bookkeeping or accounting platform is really difficult because engineers tend to not fully understand how to do accounting entries. And they also don't want to deal with the accounting integrations. They don't want to deal with the API calls. They don't want to deal with the errors. And they don't want to have what is essentially a very different customer calling them and asking them questions. Why did my accounting entry not post? Why, is, why aren't the numbers adding up? 
because the accountants look at things differently than a sales uh, platform would look at it, than a Shopify or an e-commerce platform. They want to see the numbers in a different way. So it's, it's a very fascinating little sector that is very, very needed. And what often happens, so we're, what we're doing is we're solving a problem for software vendors where you don't want to build an accounting integration to Square, to Zero, I'm sorry, to Shop, to QuickBooks, to Zero, to NetSuite, to Intact, to QuickBooks Desktop, because you don't want to have to manage all that. So you don't want that problem. You don't want to deal with the customer service aspects of it. But then on the flip side, bookkeepers and accountants are so, they're so frustrated that they don't even bother to complain anymore. If there's a, take just for example, it's not even a point of sale, take uh, uh, Uber Eats. Uber Eats has hundreds of thousands of locations. Every bookkeeper must log in to Uber Eats and download reports and type them in to the accounting platform. There's no other way to do it. They don't even bother complaining about it because they know nobody listens to them. So we're really trying to solve that problem for those accountants is automate that part of their lives because they don't want to be doing data entry, but they know that no one listens to them. So I haven't solved the Uber Eats problem because Uber Eats also doesn't care about the accountants, <laughs> uh, but we'll eventually figure it out. So we really want to be that interface between e-commerce and sales and payment systems, by the way. And we also are, are big in cannabis as well. So cannabis point of sales has some specialized needs and they also use some specialized payment providers like a stronghold paid, for example, that does ACH payments for, for delivery. So we actually help besides posting the sales summary information, we then also work with the payment providers. We capture those batch deposits and we try and reconcile those batch deposits to the sales summaries so that they know that they got fully paid for the sales that happened on X, you know, on these three days. We, our system does that as long as we have access to the payment deposit systems, which granted we're, we're still early, early days, but once we can get access to all these things, all these different platforms, we can really automate the reconciliation of the payment deposits to the sales, which includes posting all the fees, any loans with, withdrawn from those deposits, any you know tips get posted properly, sales tax gets posted properly. So we handle all of that properly. You know, the more companies that can work with us to get the data into our platform, the better we can support the accountants. Got it. Um, and so uh, first, thank you for those those details. Uh, just a couple of clarifying questions and an observation. I, how would you describe the size of your company? Like when I ask software developers, usually I ask how many employees do you have, but you could be yeah. outsourcing. There's a whole bunch of different ways to, to look yeah. at and ISVs can operate super efficiently. When someone says, tell me about the size of your company, how would you answer that question? Yeah, yeah. I usually do talk in employees. I mean, we're our re our revenue is very low. We're still, you know, we're we're a small venture com uh, funded company. It's a long road ahead of us. I want to automate a lot of the bookkeeping. You know, the, another problem in the accounting and bookkeeping space is that it's very hard to even find people to do this work, and mm -hmm. so they end up offshoring it where it's just data entry offshored. So we have a very long, you know, road ahead of us. But but we're 25 people, although half of those are contracts. Uh, you know, contract. Uh, uh, employees, but um, but we consider them all you know employees uh, here. Um, yeah, so we're about 25 people strong, and and we're you know automating at scale for for a lot of from from 100 million dollar year businesses down to about 250 thousand dollar year. Those are the type of entities that are using our platform, but we tend to work for the bookkeepers and accountants more than the direct businesses. Got it. Thank you. And I'll just an observation before um, um, we ask Ben about uh, his business. So the RSP is moving out. We're going to 100% virtual work environment because we have one full-time and one part-time employee in Charlotte. Everybody else is all around the country. So we're we just uh, we're selling our Charlotte office. So I was down there a couple days last week. 
dealing with all the filing cabinets that were there. I mean, the amount of paperwork that was there. And to your right. point, to go through and just see mm -hmm. emails that say, hey, so-and-so is due a bonus or change their pay to whatever. We're every week seeing different payroll yeah. numbers handwritten in there. And this wasn't like 100 yeah. years worth of data. Like I'm talking going back five years, seven years, you mm -hmm. know, up to you know 10 12 years something like that just the mountain of paperwork and the mountain of time that i just thought it took for them to put that together that's what it seems like what you if you would be able to eliminate that data entry um it seems like yep. it'd be a godsend but it also seems like it'd be incredibly difficult to do well it, it, accounting industry is still very uh somewhat i wouldn't say backwards but there, there's still a little slower to adopt automation uh so there is still a lot of manual entry and the industry is changing as younger people come into the industry. However, not as many are coming in as you as used to come in, which means there's there's not just not a lot of there's not this, the amount of people that really understand how things work and understand how to use technology is is much smaller than it has been. And um, and so automation is really the solution, I think, to a lot of that. It'll happen because it's just got to happen because there's going to be no other way to do it. Yeah. Great. Ben, uh, tell us about Acadia. And I know before, uh, you know, we hit record on this, um, uh, you know, you guys were talking about that there might be an opportunity for you two to work together. But uh, tell tell folks, what does Acadia do? Where'd you come from? Size of company, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, yeah, we started back in December of 2016. And at the time, um, you know, when we started, we were actually supporting an open source uh, point of sale, which was kind of interesting. I mean, essentially, the software is open source, but you need people to customize it and make changes to it. And, um, you know, we didn't really like to necessarily like the direction that it was going in. And, and it wasn't necessarily the cool solution either. You know, it wasn't necessarily like the, the square or the, the clover. Um, so we we really we were our focus was actually gardening supply centers, um, and that that was the primary uh, focus at the time. Um, but we wanted to to focus more on just you know general uh, POS, um, you know, and and we even restaurants, which we do now. But at the time, um, you know, we had a significant merchant base. Um, you know, now it seems insignificant, but we had a, a decent amount of customers, and um, their needs were. You know, we're not um, in very complicated needs, you know, merchants with 100,000 plus SKUs, you know, um, you know, you know, very large merchants. Um, so some of the first merchants that we signed up, you know, this was back in 2016, um, you know, their needs, um, you know, warehouse based inventory. Um, you know, we've always been a cloud system, you know, every feature, every setting is on the web, you know. Um, so, you know, we've always been, you know, listening to our customers, you know, getting feedback from them. Um, but anyway, um, you know, we, we started working on our own our own solution, you know, back in December of 2016, um, you know, migrating some of our existing customers over, uh, but then really, you know, working on the lowest level, you know, with the smallest merchants, you know, just kind of listening to them, you know, understanding what their needs were. Um, and, you know, some of these small merchants do become big merchants, too. So um, it, it's kind of interesting. But, yeah, we've been having fun with it. Um, we're, we're enjoying it. Um, we're working with a lot of some, uh, you know, a lot of traditional players um, and, uh, you know, that, that's why we're here part of the RSPA, you know, to, to really see, um, you know, how we can benefit the community um, with our solutions. So great. Two two questions for you. First, uh, size of company. Uh, if you want to talk about employees, merchants, things like that, how, how big is Acadia at this point? Yeah, yeah. So we've always been small. A lot of companies talk about how big they are. Um, you know, we talk about how small we are. And I mean, there's definitely advantages to being big and uh, and growing. And, and we're certainly on that path. Um, but we're about five people strong uh, currently. Um, 
you know, 50% of our resources, our engineering resources. So we've always been very strong, um, you know, on the engineering side. Um, but yeah, we're definitely not just throwing stuff up against the wall just to see what's going to stick. You know, we're working with uh, customers that uh, that make sense and, um, you know, we're growing um, our merchant base. Um, but yeah, definitely um, a growing uh, small company, a little bit uh, smaller than our friend over here, but um, <laughs> certainly not um we're not we're not venture funded uh so so that's kind of the advantage is that you know we um you know we we've we've done it independently and uh not to say there's anything um you know wrong with with vc uh but we've we've been able to grow kind of at our own pace without having to feel a lot of pressure um which is nice and can you talk about uh we're going to get into because i want to talk about go-to-market strategies and have you guys kind of you know, critique and, and ask each other uh, questions about them. But I'm curious, like you could see Jason was like, I'm doing the bookkeeping thing and the automation and then has made some morphing inside of that space. But how do you go from garden shops to restaurants? Like, mm-hmm. I, did that happen serendipitously? Yeah. Or was it something that you're it, like, well, here's it, our it strategy? Didn't... Yeah, that's a great question. And it didn't it didn't happen overnight. And certainly, yeah, the first restaurant we ever did, I mean, it was uh, and they're still with us. It's really interesting. But um, but it, it was a, it was a lot of pain. You know, the POS, I, I sometimes say it should be called PAS, you know, a pain, a pain and suffering. Right. Um, you know, there's there's definitely um, you know, it's a lot of. Um, you know, you know, working hands on with these customers, you know, listening, um, listening to their needs. Um, you know, so we did start out with we've always been strong for multi location, you know, unlike Square. So like if you log into Square, for example, and, and there's there's larger merchants on Square. I'm not saying that they're that they that it's all small merchants, um, but they do advertise for for smaller merchants. Um, but, you know, you have a one account, you know, and if you have a you open up a second location or a third location, well, you got to set up a new Clover account, you know, and, and a whole new account. Well, you know, with our system, you know, even, you know, since, since the very beginning, you know, if you have, you know, five stores, you know, 10 stores, you know, you log in, you see all your locations on your dashboard. You know, if you click on an item, you can see where that item is located in every location. Um, you know, so there, there are a lot of solutions out there like Clover, as I said, that are very powerful, you know, very strong solutions. Um, but, you know, we've been able to find a find a niche um, and and working with with customers where they have needs that are not being met. And, and we've been able to meet those needs. Got it. So your niche wasn't so much the vertical itself. Your niche is where they have the needs to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can do a winery, for example, where there's a retail component. It doesn't mean that we're right for every single restaurant, but let's just say there's a restaurant, there's a winery there and they, they want to have the same dashboard, you know, um, some other folks might say, oh, well, like, you know, spot on might say, oh, we're going to put in spot on restaurant, but then we might put in vend or something for the retail, not vend anymore. But, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I don't want to talk too much about different companies. But my point is, is that with us, you know, you could have a, one dashboard and being able to manage, you know, you could, we could do a place like Cracker Barrel where there's a country store um, and a restaurant, especially if they want to incorporate mobile devices, especially if they want to incorporate handhelds into the equation um, and, and do the order and pay at the table. Got it. Well, thank you both for that. So again, we've got the lay of the land in terms of what you guys do, what niche you fill. And Jason, can you start off? And I'm hoping Mm -hmm. you can lay out for our audience, like talk about your go-to-market strategies. Like what Mm -hmm. sales strategies have gotten you to where you are today? What are kind of your go-to-market plans for the next 12 to 18 months? Jason, I'm hoping you can give some details. And then Ben, you can give details. We're going to have a quick commercial break. They're going to flip. And so I'm going to ask each other, Mm -hmm. you know, what jumped out of the other person's uh, plans mm-hmm. there. So uh, take some good notes well, here, Ben, uh, as Jason's well, talking. Well, we got started. Uh, we we kicked off in app stores. So we're in the QuickBooks app store for you know a lot of our earlier integrations had public APIs. You know Square and Shopify, um, and so we are found in the QuickBooks app store, the Square app store, the Shopify app store, 
that is still a big channel for us and we do get some direct businesses through that but we've changed because it it tends to be a lot of smaller businesses that don't necessarily understand accounting or understand the need uh, often they'll be like my bookkeeper just does that even though they don't realize their bookkeeper is doing it manually um, and and charging them an hourly fee to do it so um, we've changed our model and we realized that we, we need to look at it you know in order to scale because yes we're venture funded so we do want to grow. Uh, we do need. We do have investors who expect uh, uh, faster growth, which uh, I agree is is not as much fun. Uh, but it worked for me at one time uh, before. Um, but we. So we we're basically realizing that partnership is is a better way to go. So we partner with accounting firms. Once we find accounting firms that recognize the value of what we're doing, then we set up. They become a partner. They get a discount. Um, and we have multiple ways. So we have rolled up billing. We they can directly charge their client and we give them a residual, or they can have a single bill and they can charge their client directly at a, and we charge them at a discount. And so accounting firms, we even have um, e-commerce consulting firms who don't understand accounting and they plug us in as, as that accounting piece. If they're a Shopify, you know, they know how to set up the Shopify stores and, and set up all the, you know, all the different pieces of that, but they don't know the accounting. But then we also recognize that, you know, the point of sale vendors that we've started working with we have a, a great relationship that started with trees, uh, which is a cannabis point of sale that just happened naturally, uh, honestly, just by luck. And he had a huge need because in cannabis, they get audited these, these, these businesses and they have finance teams and they have to have their books done on time yeah. and quickly. And he didn't want to deal with building accounting integration. So we jumped in and we're like, yeah, well, of course we can do this. We know how to do it for, you know, whether it's cannabis or e-commerce or restaurant, it's all pretty much the same when it comes time to accounting. So, um, so we worked, you know, we work with point of sale vendors as well and give them all, as well, same uh, partnership benefits as well. And we think, um, and that's a better way to be because we want to support the po point of sale providers, the e-commerce providers. You know, I wish, you know, I wish Shopify would work with us. They have an app store, but you know, they don't promote us, but, um, but we, we try to leverage those relationships because we don't have a lot of people on the sales team and sales is expensive and, and we really need to shine through the product and the relationships. So that's kind of where we're going with that. Yeah. Thank you for that. A couple of clarifying questions. One is like how you said it was luck for trees, but like, how did you find them or did they find you or do you happen to be on a plane uh, together? Like what, what's. Yeah, what we, 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 we did make a little bit of outreach and then the CEO had recognized that I had started shopkeep. So he knew who I was and he's basically like, yeah, can you please just kind of do this for us? Um, so um, we, we haven't had as much luck with other cannabis provider uh, POS systems, but, but, you know, we're basically working with people who want to work with us and, you know, hopefully providing value to their customers, making their customers happy. Um, and, and we're growing as quickly as we can with those integrations. The other thing we're doing is we're trying to make integrating generally when we integrate with a point of sale provider, we have to go and get data. We're, we're trying to make it a lot easier to, to ingest data in multiple ways. Um, so that the integration can be super easy, um, whether it's PDF parsing or CSV parsing, or uh, if you don't have an API or just email parsing, if you can send out email reports, you know, uh, multiple simple ways to do it. Got it. Great. And then how do you find these POS vendors in the future? Like you said, you have a sales team. Are they reaching out? Are they going to trade shows? Is it lists? Is it trade industry shows, connections? Definitely trade shows have been a, a, important to us. Be, Trade shows for us to sell into our accounting partners because accountants, 
accounts really don't trust. There's a lot of people who come into the accounting space with apps and they really want to know that you are human and that you're going to be around. So showing up at trade shows has been really uh, worked out well for us. Um, and, and it is those relationships when you're building partnerships, I think trade, trade shows are really, really great. It's otherwise it's hard to get attention. Um, and, and even if, you know, getting the attention through content and otherwise, but you have to be there and actually shake hands and be, if someone might see your emails for, for a year, but when they see you at a conference, that's when they're like, you know, okay, I think I'm ready to take the next step. So I think conferences are really important. Got it. Thank you for that. All right, Ben, uh, talk about your go-to-market strategy. Talked about how you've gotten to where you are now and some of your plans. I'm guessing they're not identical uh, to what just Jason laid out. And then again, we'll give Jason a chance to uh, ask you some questions. Yeah, um, you know, we we've really uh, adapted and and uh, and changed, um, you know, over over the years. Like when we first started, you know, it was really, hey, you know, any customer is a good customer. Like any revenue is is really good revenue, right? Because yeah, we're 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 trying to to survive and and build, um, you know, our initial uh, merchant base and. And, you know, we've always been very customer focused, you know, um, you know, and it, it doesn't mean that, hey, customers are saying jump in and we're saying how high or anything like that. But um, but really some of the best features and the best ideas and the and the best stuff that we have is actually customer inspired. So, um, you know, our go to market strategy um, initially was working with a lot of folks, you know, that do, that do merchant processing, um, you know, not not necessarily always just, hey, you plug in, you know, your processing and and that's it, but just really building those relationships and. Um, and that's what we, we we've done initially. You know, we're still doing it, but you know, we realized, you know, hey, what we're doing is not necessarily uh, the most scalable thing because of the high value, you know, the support that we provide and and um, and the value that we deliver. So, um, you know, we're we're really starting to focus on the channel now more than ever, and we're we're very serious about our dealer program and and signing up uh, dealers and and just the value proposition what we can offer these dealers that um that the traditional systems um you know has has either not provided or um or may not have the ability to provide um so so yeah that that's really our focus um now is hey how can we show more people how to do what we've been doing um and, and get them on board um so they can do it too got it and let me ask is your uh is your program is your software simple enough that it can be resold because i know when i talk to a lot of niche software developers it's so complex and they're like all i can do is a referral program like do you do a full mm. that folks can go out and represent oh yeah yeah absolutely program? absolutely and that's what we're all about like where our sales pitch to, to dealers is like hey are you tired of screen share you know because like, these dealers are constantly and we are too right everybody's always on screen share all the time right and um some systems they say they're cloud right but means just take hey, cloud reporting only like you're just getting reports like with our system every single setting is on the web you know literally you could be out to dinner and you launched a customer the other day and you forgot to enable a setting and they could you could text them and they could say hey did you enable that setting yep okay hold on i just enabled it try it now you know and and so it's it's lower support costs you know showing them how the cloud actually is going to help their business not that it's a scary thing Thing, you know, because it doesn't have to be scary, showing them how they have more control that they can program and lock their own hardware. Um, you know, so yeah, our program is very mm -hmm. channel friendly. It puts them in control. Um, it gives them complete control and being able to use any platform without any extra transaction fees or gateway fees, direct to the TSIS, direct to the first data, direct to all the major platforms. Oh, so, cool. um, 
So yeah, that's that's really our focus. Is um, you know we're very channel friendly. Um, we're, we're we put the control in the partner's hands, and we see the we see the dealer as the customer. That that's that's how we see it. Um, how do we how what how what can we provide to these dealers that, that they're not currently getting elsewhere? And that's actually was great about uh, the, the the conference too. We learned a lot, and we learned also about what what dealers care about, and and we're still learning. You know, it's always a learning process. Got it, for sure. Well, thank you. All right, well, we're gonna take a quick break and pause here to let our listeners and viewers know an RSP membership has never been more valuable or more affordable. Annual memberships for VARS start at just $250 a year for dozens of high value services. And also with this being a special episode we're featuring software developers, we wanna thank the sponsors of the RSP niche and startup ISV community. Those sponsors are APG, Blue Star, Brinks, Epson, Evo, Ingenico, and ScanSource. Also, thanks to our sponsors who support the RSPA community and make this podcast and video series possible, our annual sponsors for 2022, uh, Platinum sponsors Blue Star, Gold sponsors our Brother, Cocard, Heartland, ScanSource, and Shift4. To receive the benefits of an RSPA membership or sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. All right, Jason, so it's your turn. What jumped out to you from what Ben said about his growth plans or his go-to-market plans? Any thoughts mm -hmm. or questions you have for him in terms of used to be any customer, now they're more focused, they used to go with merchant processing, now very much channel focused and also really pitching the ease of product uh, to those uh, yeah. resellers. What jumped out to you? Well, what thoughts or questions? Well, definitely having everything online is is great. I'm sure there's some, some hardware configuration that's complicated, but... But um, as I know from my experience at ShopKeep, and if you can go direct to those front-end payment providers, then it's the payment payment sales reps or the ISOs should really be able to help you there because it, you know you're saving those customers money too on gateway fees a lot and, and complexity, which I think is great. Um, and you know I would say um, I I mean I work with accountants. I know a lot of a lot of software payment providers actually are looking at the accounting channel as a way to sell and 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 i i do think it's possible but it is difficult to get accountants to sell uh other products but they i i can tell you though what i have seen i won't say the product but i actually have converted i can say off of square we have one accountant who's very very sophisticated in a certain niche of business um, and there's two different point of sales in that business. And, uh, she was not happy with the accounting integration of, of square in that situation. I'm, I'm sorry, not square. It was, it was the other point of sale actually. And, um, that other point of sales accounting integration was very poor. She switched five large clients off of that point of sale onto square because of our yeah. account integration. So mm. it is important. You can lose clients without knowing it. And in this particular point of sale vendor, I've reached out many times and said, listen, here's the screenshots of my emails with her that she is, you've lost these clients because of your accounting integration. Can I please integrate with you? And right. they don't seem, so it's not necessarily going to always help you. It can help you if you have an accountant in a specific niche um, who, uh, you know, if you can find those accountants, that could be another way as long as, but you have to provide them with a really good accounting integration, which of course we can help you with. But, um, <laughs> right. But, and and I'm, not making, I'm not saying that it's, you know, it's a, an amazing new channel, but but it can be used um, 
but it, they're, they're, they don't like to sell. That's the thing. Accountants don't always like to sell, but they do like to say, yes, I've used this. I know it. I like it. Whatever that software. If you're familiar is. with it. Sure. Yeah. And, and so that, and that's, that's how recommendation. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, that, that, that's what I would say. And, um, um, it, it is a, it is a tough space with, um, I mean, point, I know point of sale very well. It's a very tough space, uh, it, to, to sell and, and it changes so often and, and it's very sticky. Uh, it means it's hard to get in and, um, and hard to make changes, but, um, but it's always changing. So, and, and yes, the big squares of the world do not are, don't do everything for everybody. Certainly there's not the support that you, you always need, uh, in a small business. And your reaction to that? Yeah, I, I would agree with what he said. And um, and just on a private note, we could certainly talk, um, you know, after the show about the about the integration. And but our approach to integrations has always been, well, hey, let's not, you know, we don't have to build this huge business case like necessarily. Let's find a single customer, you know, that wants to utilize this and let's test it out with them, right? And this way, we can understand the value proposition. And it's like it's not that we can do everything. Like certain things, like. You know, I know that like NCR Silver, for example, they have like some marketing thing and you can send out emails and there's a couple templates to choose from and and this and that. And we realized, hey, you know, we you know, uh, you know, look at MailChimp. MailChimp has, you know, it's basically free for up to 2000 contacts. Like, why are we going to build marketing? It's like, let, yeah. let's just add a MailChimp integration. Right. Yeah. You know, so um, so we have, a, we, you know, we are doing integrations and, um, you know, that's what's so great about about uh, about RSPA, you know, is that we can definitely come together and 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 not it doesn't mean every solution is going to be a good fit. But it, it does mean, um, you know, that there are a lot of solutions out there and the more solutions out there, that's the better for the customer, the end user. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, yeah, we're all about that. And there could be a, there could be two solutions for the same problem, you know. Um, we're we're fine with that too, you know. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, of of understanding what our customers need, and and that that's really where we're where where we're focused. And and providing those APIs, I mean, that's the great thing about service services and services integration, which is APIs. Um, you know that you know Square is actually super strong there, although they have a huge some huge glaring missing pieces of their API specifically cost of goods sold is not or or unit costs of items and inventory is not in their api which mm. is just i can't even understand but um but you know being that acadia is is all uh, web-based that's that's really a great thing yeah yeah exactly and that that's what that's what it's all about i think there's actually a, another partner uh called near street for example that reached out to us um and we referred them to rspa um and they 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 love the fact we showed them our api they're like we can integrate with this like and use it they're like hey the next step like it was it's so great having that where um you know uh, and, and we're and we're, you know it doesn't mean that api could do everything right i'm sure squares api might even do things yeah ours ours doesn't do but if we run across situations because we are smaller where we have partners and they're like, hey, we really need this, op you know, this ability, or how can we do that? You know, we can accommodate those requests. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Good stuff. All right, Ben, now it's your turn. And so uh, I'm going to give a quick summary of what Jason said from his go-to-market standpoint. He said, so uh, they really started in app stores. Um, yep. but now they're also partnering with accounting firms and e-commerce consulting firms and then doing a lot of POS integrations. He gave the example of trees, also some accounting integrations, uh, and then trying to make it as easy as possible to integrate the data. And that has been attending a lot of shows as well to find folks face to face. So uh, what questions, comments, thoughts uh, do you have on Jason's and Shopkeep's go to market uh, plan or bookkeeps? Bookkeep. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, um, 
yeah yeah i i um the, the the main the main question i had is like what what do you what do you, what is what do you do to to really um to get their attention because just like i know in in in, in my experience like with point of sale right you know people have you know some people care about it some people have needs for point of sale mm -hmm. um but it's, it's the hardest part sometimes is hey like getting getting folks getting their attention and everything so um you know what what is the um you know, how do you get to some of these traditional or or even, you know, cloud, you know, cloud, all, all the different POS people, what's their, your key, like, how do you get their attention and, and um, you know, and get them to, to look at, at your solution? Well, we are um, definitely, I mean, it, it, you take a little where you can get it, right? The POS right. providers, um, some of them might be interested in it and we try and jump on that if we can. Um, the ones that aren't, you know, my goal is that the accountants eventually are all going to love us. And eventually the accountant's going to say, I'm not using, you can't use a point of sale unless it works with bookkeep, you know? And then once the accounts are saying that, then hopefully the Uber Eats are oh. calling me and saying, we need to integrate with you guys. And, you know, and we really want to be that, that accounting gateway, like, you know, like a payments gateway where, you know, everyone understands that to do it right and to pass the data properly from, you know, e-commerce sales payments world into accounting world, you need to use bookkeep to get it done right. So just by getting, building the brand, getting accountants to love us um, and trying to work with as many point of sale providers as they're interested to work with us right now, um, you know, that's kind of where we are right now. Um, we can't force, it, it's just one of these things, you can't force a point of sale provider. And I just say that generically, it could be an e-commerce provider like Uber Eats is the example, like they don't want to talk to me, they don't care. They just, they're like, no, no accountants are buying Uber Eats. They're selling it into these restaurants. The restaurants right. don't always. By the way, that's the thing. I, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I hate to interrupt, but with our yeah. Uber Eats sales, they actually are integrated into the POS. So if you, if you had access to our POS yeah. data, you would see the Uber Eats data too. We um, so we are integrated. There, what we're missing is all the fees. Yeah. All the fees that Uber Eats takes out, which is most likely. The fees, why yeah. Don't okay, you're right. You're right. You don't get that. Okay, because all right. Yeah. What we do with Uber Eats is when you see the deposit. I mean, what we do is the payment deposit reconciliation. So that hundred dollars in sales from Uber Eats ends up being like sixty dollars hitting your bank account. But you need oh. to know of that hundred dollars, twenty dollars was sales tax, thirty dollars was tips. You know, the rest was food. Except Uber Eats is taking out thirty percent of fees, which is five percent for credit card processing and you know 25% for our marketing fees and that's the things that accountants need mm. you know on the front end you need what all the items are where it's being delivered to what the totals are the accountants need to know all the stuff i just talked about and that's where like you know we're trying to piece it together from what we see in the bank account versus what comes from the point of sale and and that's now do you, you know where it's complete complicated Sorry, do you care if it's a if it's a cloud-based accounting platform or if it's like if it does it matter whether you're using QuickBooks for Windows or QuickBooks for the for uh, uh, web? Does that make a difference or? Uh, it does. De desktop is different. We we don't currently integrate with desktop, but we would. We're considering it. Um, we're more on QuickBooks Online for sure. I mean, most of our customers are QuickBooks Online and Zero as well. We have Zero. Mm. QuickBooks that's what I found in the US though. That's what I found. I find a lot of people have migrated to the QuickBooks for online uh, from, mm -hmm. and then a lot of people, you know, they, they've migrated to zero because they hate QuickBooks online wasn't their cup of tea, you know? Yeah. So it really depends. Yeah, it really depends. Yeah. I actually like the zero. That's a good, yeah. a very good platform. And I use zero and, and, you know, I have a test. I, I still own a, a wine store in California, um, which uses Square as the front end because I used it oh. to build my Square integration. <laughs> And it uses zero as the accounting system so that I could test zero, you know, so in real world settings. And it's one of Makes our sense. Uh, 
So, um, so I, I, I fully understand, and I like zero too, actually as well. It's, it's a little bit simpler, but you know, it, it, accounting industry is huge and they're pretty much on into it still, but, but there's others coming up. And by the way, there's 10 others that you've never heard of before that are coming up behind in the accounting space. So. Tremendous. No, good conversation. This is part of like Ben, you've been saying like, here's what I really like about the RSP. These are the real world discussions that take place inside of our association, right? It's not just like advertisement on top of advertisement, on top of advertisement, right? We're like actually opening up the community and you guys are seeing how you can work together, how you can bounce ideas off one another. So that was great yeah. to see them. All right, unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, uh, Ben has left the conversation. And so Jason, why don't you give us the, the final word? We've talked a lot about change today. There's a lot of change going on in our industry and a lot of folks fear it, but you've seen and experienced and driven a lot of change over the years. What is your perspective? What advice would you give to somebody who is fearing the future instead of being excited for it? Yeah, you have you have to embrace the change because it's gonna come from, from from all different directions. Uh, in fact, I remember it was at RSPA when I think, uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody who was saying there's no, no kid in his, his underwear is going to, uh, um, you know, basically come up and, and, and change this industry with a whole new piece of software on the web. And I actually raised my hand and I said, well, I'm not in my underwear, but I actually am building a whole new point of sale system that might change the industry. And uh, you never know where, and I was a grocery store owner, right? So uh it you never know where it's going to come from and people there's all kinds of people out there so just embrace it and it's, it's not a bad thing you just have to keep learning you know keep learning that's really the most important thing amen well said well that does it for this episode of the trusted advisor podcast we hope you enjoyed our discussion and we hope you learned something as well if you did be sure to subscribe to the rsp youtube channel and the trusted advisor podcast so you never miss an episode we'd also appreciate if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcast my personal philosophy is the more stars, the better. And if you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the technology industry, check out the RSPA blog. You can find it by clicking on GoRSPA.org and then clicking on RSPA blog. Before we go, big thanks again to Ben and Jason for sharing their wisdom with us today. Thanks also to RSPA Marketing Director Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the retail technology ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website at GoRSPA.org. Thanks again for listening, and goodbye, everybody.